0: This is the JB podcast. You're listening to Paul Photophilie, Joe Worthington, Tierra Award, and we have a special guest. Robert. Robert.
1: How do you say your last name, bro? Uh, Bell. Bell. Yeah. Oh, that's not what it looks like on no, yeah, Facebook yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, man. Um, episode 34. 34. Good to have you here, guys. Welcome, Rob.
2: Hello, hello.
1: Um, hey, guys, we're down at 1500wood Avenue Botany. If you need to get in touch, you can find us at junglebrothers.com. We're doing all things strength and movement related. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Jungle Brothers Movement. And this episode, if you dig it, please pass it along to a friend who might also dig it because we take the time to record this shit so that you people can get the value. So if you know someone who get the value, we'd love you to let them know. Value. I'll give a quick little bit of context about today's episode and then we'll jump straight into it. Um, Robert is here for our internship, which started yesterday. I've known Robert through social media for a few years. Uh, or I've known the name and I've known the little icon picture that pops up on a Facebook comment or an Instagram comment. Um, And if you listened to an episode that we did uh, a month or two back with Kareem, one of our members, he mentioned Robert and they connected with each other years ago in Thailand. Um, Anyway, he arrived yesterday from Holland and he's now staying at my house and he's still (laughs) jet-lagged and we've thrown him onto the podcast and we know that he's an interesting guy, but we still don't know him that well. So this is going to be a nice kind of explanation for all of us. It's a Disclaimer. Um, yes. However, there's a few hustle. I don't an, know. Yeah. I don't know yet. That's if right. He's interesting. In but case we he hate says him, bro. Nothing to do with <laughs> us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's awesome, he learned it from us. We brought a, um, a stranger <laughs> off the street, <laughs>
0: and we're doing a podcast.
1: Um, so, without further ado, Rob, could you give us a little intro about yourself and
3: yeah, tell man. us where you came from? Cool. Yeah, my name is Robert Bell. I'm uh, 31 years old. Um, for the last 10 years, I've been an entrepreneur. I had a couple of juice bars in uh, in Holland. Um, was getting into, um, I guess, the whole health uh, of the health scene. Uh, after that, started getting more into uh, movement. Uh, first, it was CrossFit, and then it was uh, gymnastics work. Got into contact with uh, GMB Fitness. Uh, really appreciated the, their their outlook on things and uh, their programming. Uh, decided to uh, sell everything and do their internship. Uh, moved to Thailand for a year as preparation to, uh, to, tr- to train. Uh, trained at uh, Tiger Muay Thai and Phuket Top Team. Did my uh, GMB apprenticeship. Went back to Holland. Uh, wanted to get more into anatomy, so uh, started doing uh, sports massage uh, therapy. And from sports massage therapy, uh, started getting into uh, fascial work uh, through anatomy trains, Thomas Myers. I uh, really liked all that stuff, and uh, the idea is to open up a gym uh, within the next year, two years. Uh, but I was just going a lot further theoretically than I, uh, than I am you know, with, uh, with coaching and all that stuff. I was trying to find places in Holland that uh, would allow me to coach and develop the vision that I'm trying to develop. But there wasn't a lot of places around, and um, yeah, I was, was watching you, you guys' stuff, and I really liked uh, the way you approach, uh, approach things. So uh, I decided, yeah, you know, like uh, there's no time like right now. And uh, when I saw the internship was uh, was coming up, I decided to just ditch everything and fly over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So cool, man! Ballsy move. Yeah. (laughs) How old are you, just Uh, to give a bit of context? Oh yeah, 31. 31. Okay. So uh, you you last sort of like through your twenties, have you been living mostly overseas? It sounds like you've had a lot of travel involved there.
3: Uh, Yeah. When I was uh, 12 years old, I moved to the states. Uh, so from 12 to 18, I uh, lived there, mm-hmm. and then I came back to, uh, uh, to Holland.
0: Whereabouts and, uh, in the States were you?
3: Uh, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Kailua, uh,
0: Hawaii. Uh, uh, what took you there? Was it your parents? And
3: yeah, my dad, he worked for a company that builds the printing presses for major newspaper uh, companies. So okay. whenever they would order a new printing press, uh, he would go along to set it all up.
1: So cool. Such an old school trade. Yeah. It seems like now, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were investing millions in those pr- for printing presses, and now the new whole newspaper scene is just kind of going out the window. Man.
1: Dead. Yeah. Um, from the States, then you made it to where?
3: Uh, from the States, I went back to Holland, um, and then within a couple of years, first I started working as a, as a chef, and then I um, started uh, yeah, my own company with my brother, so a smoothie uh, smoothie company. And so did that for, uh, for 10 years. But then uh, I was just thinking think to myself, if I don't live the dream that I want to do, and if I don't pursue it now, I'm, I'm never going to. So uh, I decided to let it go and uh, yeah, pursue a movement.
1: This idea of, um, of pursuing a dream and kind of picking up and, and relocating to another place, uh, for uh, I know for me it's 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 always been something. I never really had an issue with relocating at a certain age, mm. but now that I have a business and I have you know a few things that are steady, the idea of picking up and moving somewhere else is quite sort of not daunting. But it just doesn't I can't see it doesn't seem uh, tangible to me. Um, but I think for a lot of people it's even further away that idea. Mm. Um, Talk about that, that, that thing because you mentioned to me before you've got a steady girlfriend back home yep. and you've been recently getting kind of pretty settled at home and then you went, fuck it, I'm going to Australia to do the internship with JBs. <laughs> yeah,
0: How did can she you, take that? Can
3: you talk on that a little bit? Pretty good, pretty good. She's um, cool? Yeah, I mean she understands where I'm at in my um, development and, and what I need right now and she says like if, if, if that's the place that's going to give it to you, then fucking go for it.
0: Yeah. Champion. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, for sure. No, she's really supportive. Um, I think for a lot of people, like if you've been raised in a certain place and you haven't been traveling around that much, it's it's even more difficult to be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go in a completely random That's true. random spot. Yeah. But of course, in my teens, I was already moving almost every like year and a half to two uh, for, uh, to two years. So I never really had a spot to say like, oh, mm. "This is this is
0: my home." You get any brothers or sisters that you're moving with?
3: Um, right. Well, I was the youngest of the family, so I was the only one that uh, that actually moved. Everybody else stayed hmm. uh, stayed home. Yeah, sure. So I've got three older brothers and uh, one uh, one sister. I see. Uh, that
1: yeah. would have been wild times.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, it was
2: yeah,
1: being like a lone ranger <laughs> over in these foreign lands.
3: Yeah, all of a sudden I was a single kid. You know, yep. I was used to like having a big, uh, big family. But for me the, the traveling bit after the all of my years working as a uh, as an entrepreneur and just standing in the shop, you know, almost every single day, I needed to open up all the possibilities again. So the, the best place to do that is to change your your scene, you know, because because if you're in the same place for a really long time, then uh, it's easy to get stuck in a rut. And I just wanted to open up every every possibility, every door before I started closing uh, of, uh, closing them again. Mm. And Thailand was the perfect place to uh, uh, to do that. And now coming back home, uh, I noticed that uh, I do want to settle down a little bit more, and I'm I'm ready to, to build something in uh, in one place. Um, but I figured I still needed to get this out of my system and this was a, a perfect opportunity
0: to do so. So that's why I flew out here. For a wild spring in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Spring into summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: When you talk about um, needed to open up possibilities again, is that kind of the idea that you're in a business and you're doing the, the day-to-day thing and that committing to that you know, you're in your juice bar or you're in the smoothie bar for for a period. You feel like you're closing possibilities because you're you're stuck in one place. You're doing the one thing. Is that kind of the idea?
3: Yeah, and, and like of course, running your own business and all that stuff. You're the you're you're responsible for every uh, for everything. You know, like so uh, as soon as one of your employees would be sick or uh, a machine would break down, and all that stuff. You you needed to be in the shop, so you were there. You know, six or seven days a week, uh, always for just all those all those years and. Uh, of course, it takes your toll, it's toll on your social life and all that stuff as well. So it was nice to be able to just ditch everything, uh, leave my city, leave my old patterns, and just develop, uh, develop new ones. Yep.
1: Yeah. We were talking before about the, where Rob lives in The Hague, mm-hmm. which, T, you might know this place. He said it was potentially around the corner from where Ingmar's, the bank vault that Ingmar lived in was.
0: Did you, ever be, did you ever go to this place? Yeah, we had a party there in a bank. Big party. Tell a five-story bank. You, look, you've been to Holland heaps of times. You've got
2: really good friends there. I trained yeah. there. I trained at Kum- Kamakura. Oh, okay. Cool.
0: What's, What's you your know, connection George with Holland?
2: Gardeau. Yeah. The guy that kicked uh, the sumo wrestler in the face and knocked his teeth out. Oh, yeah. Gour- and Gerard and the uh, oh, Yeah. Number that was his UFC 1. UFC 1, yeah. One, yeah. Ah. yeah. That's, S- oh, that's a savat. Is that his thing, or is he of kickboxing guy? Right. Bunch in there, bro. Oh, yeah, Woo. hardcore, man, Yeah, right. Dutch kickboxing. Oh man,
1: it's a scene, huh? Yeah.
2: What's your connection with Holland?
0: T? Can you let people know? Uh, my best I've man never been there. You two have been there. Yep, your best man. Dutch.
2: Uh Whole very close friends in yeah. Holland. We all do. Uh, but um, yeah, he, they, they all live in in, in The Hague and Zultemir and Amsterdam. So I'm pretty familiar with all of those areas. Mm.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how, how how small the world actually actually is. I mean, you guys have literally been like one kilometer away from my house.
2: Yeah, you know? I've been and like living yeah. in restaurants next to your yeah. next to your house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I was I was over there when Paul and I were on the when we were in Europe together and mm-hmm. Paul and I had like been joined at the hip for like a long time.
0: Then we had a fight and then we split. <laughs> no. Yeah, and then it was like
1: I'll see you later. Then and I went to Holland. We were back together. Yeah, and then I think it was like a year I was, I was away or something. Yeah. And then Do uh, you guys
2: really have a fight. No we did. Yeah, You know Paul.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, it's not a like an out in the open fight, but there, you know that there's warfare going on. Mental games. <laughs> yeah. We had been joined at the hip for a fucking long time. We'd gone we'd had it like uh, we'd been working together and we'd been going out every weekend together oh before we left before we yeah, left that's true. and then i was dating your sister yeah <laughs> and then and then we went overseas together and then yeah. we were together that whole like first i don't know 8 weeks or something yeah and then it was just like hey, it's fucking time but we didn't declare that it was just like oh but i think I i'm had... going to do this and paul's like well i think i'm going to do this and neither Sweet. of us objected to it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i went south
0: he went southeast West. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was cool. But yeah. I, anyway, I never made it to Holland in the end. Oh, you always welcome. Yeah, <laughs> Oh I know. i, know. I got mm. a connection.
2: So let's talk training. About this GMB internship you did, what, what was involved in that?
3: Uh, well, GMB does a lot of online tutorials, uh, mainly uh, uh,
0: gymnastics, calisthenics based. And um, Should we explain what GMB is for people who are listening? Uh, yeah. Gold medal bodies? Yep, gold medal bodies. Based uh, from the U.S.?
3: Yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. guy's name? Ryan, uh, Ryan Hurst, uh, Jarlo, and Andy.
2: Okay, and they
3: run the good guys. Yeah, yeah, great guys. Yeah, yeah. and the cool guys.
2: A- <laughs> cool guys. Are as <laughs> cool as Jungle Brothers? <laughs> 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 oh, I think so, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, and do they? Are they from a? Do they have a gym? Because I, I, I know them from online. Like I see them, but I I haven't actually gone to the website. Read.
2: Oh, it's, it's all online based. It's uh, all online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Did you meet them in person at all? Or?
3: Yeah, yeah. I uh, met Ryan a couple of times in, uh, in Amsterdam. And, <coughs> and uh, actually when I was in Thailand, I flew back just for two weeks to, to be in, uh, oh, well. at, at the seminar in uh, in Amsterdam. So right they just
2: travel, they just do seminars and run and promote the online, the online biz. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. and the training for listeners is movement based. Yep. Body weight. Yep.
0: Um, low gate patterns Movement style training Huh Yep. Anything else In there that I Haven't seen on, Like do they Do they lift weights Do they uh, Well I mean
3: They talk about it for Lifting weights But they don't give any tutorial Tutorials but okay.
2: Yeah, for yeah. that Okay So yeah. it's
0: body weight training Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Okay <laughs> <laughs>
3: But they
1: can't tap T, someone out T wants to fight them <laughs> I think <laughs> If you guys are listening
2: Throw <laughs> it out there Or well, Ryan's dojo, really big Into BGJ And what all do that they stuff They call that Okay
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I got an inkling of this. I think I saw on his Insta. Unless, of he's, he's course, they can regularly.
2: Yeah, yeah, and
3: he went to uh, uh, Japan. He oh, can do fight a judo.
2: Oh, we'll take that back. Then. Oh wow,
3: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Whoa, yeah.
1: He'll, he'll throw you, T Bone. <laughs> yeah, You're I to Fuck with words. any judo guys. <laughs> <Just>
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a bad shoulder. Sorry. <laughs> There's got to be rules to the fight, bro. No but
1: throwing. so, the, the what was the apprenticeship? What did you what what did it involve?
3: Uh, yeah, it was a three month uh, online uh, apprenticeship. Um, going through their programming and uh, showing the, the the coaching side of uh, of things, and um, yeah, just being able to be in Thailand, just focus on training exclusively. Uh, exclusively was a really nice way to, to lead up to that. And um, when I got when I first got into GMB, I mean, whenever I would see like programming online and all that stuff, I, I would be like, "Oh, okay, you know, like, I'm I'm still a beginner at certain things, but I'll I'll start at, at say." arbitrary number from one to ten i'll start it at like a five or a six but with gmb th- it was the first time that i was like oh, okay i'm just going to start at the, at the rock bottom and just do the do the basics for uh, for a while uh, but i love the approach and i love the 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 positivity that they uh, uh that they have in their in their programming that they're really focused on that any change however small is already you know a lot better than doing nothing uh, nothing at all because there's a lot of programs out there that are quite elitist yes so um I thought that was a really nice thing to uh to, to get into and uh yeah share with uh, share with
2: others. Huh? I really like the stuff they're putting up on Instagram cuz I follow them. Yeah, cool. Uh, all the, the the little clips that they have of the the way they they progress uh patterns into you know usually you see the the final move like something really fucking out there and you think wow that's amazing. You know, There's no way I can do it and then they give you that step by step. Yeah progression and you can see it happening you like, know, oh fuck it makes it more uh tangible yeah. more achievable for the for the average joe i, I like to i feel like their
1: marketing is quite um it's quite uh it's kind of gentle in a way they're not coming out with really hardcore stuff yeah it's it's kind of like hey anyone can do this you just got to get started kind of like you said any yeah. progress is good all inclusive huh? yeah which is, which is funny because we're so used to seeing stuff that is really high level and that's kind of what we're taken aback by like oh wow look how fucking cool that is. Yeah. Whereas with theirs it's like oh it's it's pretty it's it's mellow but in a way that's it's more realistic and I think it has a wider reach.
3: Yeah. I mean you really need to be able to give people those bite-sized chunks that uh, that are going to like allow them to progress instead of just being like all right this is the top and you find a way to get to it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So on that have you have you had exposure to um, other people or other groups within the movement scene.
3: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Kind
1: of Europe. I guess Europe's a bit of a hotspot for that. Um,
3: yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, I mean, like I've seen a lot of stuff, of course, on online and done some uh, uh, done some tutorials and all that stuff as well. But of course, seen a lot of Ido's work. Uh, gymnastic bodies. Uh, I did a workshop with uh, Yuri Marmerstein uh, of, uh, a couple of years ago. And um,
0: the red bearded
3: acrobat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The what Viking. was the workshop on? Uh, handstand work, handstand. yeah, handstand work and acrobatics.
1: You uh, said Yuri lived with you for a little while, yeah, yeah, he was uh, over at my place for like a week. Yeah. My first question was, What the fuck was that like? <laughs> 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 we had Yuri on our podcast, I think it was uh, on our second ever episode. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. Yuri's intense, yeah, he's intense. We tried it, to it, get a laugh out of it, it was. We no, tried, yeah. We were and we were like, we were super green and we're all sitting in our old office,
0: like on the floor, it was really boxes hot everywhere, and it was hot.
1: And it was just like, oh god, we don't know how to approach this guy, you know, because he 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 kind of runs the show, right? <coughs> like, if he wants to talk, he'll talk, oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's kind of on his terms in a way because he's so introvert, yeah, you yeah. know, lovely dude,
3: yeah. And no, I mean, if, if if you uh, um Find something that he's passionate about, then then, then he has a lot to uh, a lot to say. Because of course he's been in the scene for a long time as well. But uh, no, it was cool having him uh, having him over. I thought I need to get a bed, but he's like, no, I'm gonna sleep on uh, sleep on the floor for the next couple of days. So I was like, okay, cool.
1: Sick. Yeah, weapon. Yeah.
3: So did you
1: you just kind of inserted yourself into the movement culture? Was that kind of a thing? Because I mean, for us, we we have a gym, so in a way, it kind of puts us at a point where, like, I think. Maybe you contacted us and was like, "Oh, hey guys, I'm coming to Sydney. You got a space? I could run something there." And then you form a connection and you get to know the person.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, for yourself, yeah. How did you? How do you? How did you go about networking with these people and putting yourself out there?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I was always just looking uh, for online to see, you know, like what was happening in the scene and uh, um, what type of people I, I, I find myself working with or that had the same type of uh, type of vision. And then I would just uh, reach out and see if we can do something, uh, do something together. So uh, with, uh, with Yuri, I also saw that, uh, that he was coming to Europe and he was uh, asking if there was places that uh, we were willing to host. And a friend of mine uh, had, a, uh, had a shop, so I, I asked him and brought them two together and uh, things went from there.
2: That's cool, man. Yeah. He's been doing the circuit for a while now, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. Yep. A bit of a nomad. Has he been, uh, we
1: were talking about he put up a couple of posts, sort of having a bit of a dig. At the the at certain other fitness gurus, uh, movement gurus, is he uh, is he is he has he become a little bit more contrasting in his approach, or is he still a pretty gentle guy?
3: Well, I mean, that was just like personal conversations and all that stuff, so it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't in his um, I'm not sure if it's it it's in his uh, in his approach, but uh, yeah, I mean, you see that there's a lot of uh, like. Polarizing stuff happening in the in the movement scene, and as soon as people start coming out with really harsh statements, obviously you're, you're going to get a pushback. And there was some of the the the, the videos that Yuri did with uh, uh, Juji uh, uh just kind of poking uh, poking fun, and I think that's great because I mean it should it should always stay kind of light light you know, and, and, and people should be open to to criticism and, and different ways of uh, approaching things. Because as soon as you don't have that, I mean, I think progress kind of stalls.
1: Yeah, well, it's not life and death shit, right? No, people no. getting doing handstands and getting stronger be. and stuff. It's, it's yeah,
2: you can't handstand your, your way out of a zombie apocalypse, bro. That's right, bro. You can, however, head kick, head kick, stop, <laughs> choke, stop, <laughs> side kick, <laughs>
0: <laughs> stop. pulse Caesar coming from a mile away. No, but <laughs> well, T hasn't been on well, the mats for months anyway. anyway. Walk my way yeah. out of one. <laughs> No, but also
3: people like uh, trying to um, come across as if they are patenting movement. I mean, we've been yeah, moving kind of for far, a while, you know, like a lot longer than than, than even like the old school uh, of, of like yoga and all that type of stuff. We've been moving since way, 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 way before then. You know? Yeah, and anybody saying that they can patent a certain move or like, oh, why is that? You what's doing happening? On it this, this way, yeah. Oftentimes, I mean, you, you were talking about that as well, right? Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, in an unofficial sense, unofficial.
1: Like, right. hey, that's my thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was telling Rob yesterday. I um, you know, because I used to be pretty pretty involved in the in the Edo scene, I guess, mm-hmm. and I still have a lot of connections with friends who are really into it, and I and I really, there's a lot of things I love about it. Um, but I'm also not that into. I'm also not that deep in there that I can't also see what it is. Yeah. And I definitely couldn't say that always. At a point, I was like, "Wow, this is this is everything." Yeah. Um, but I I posted a you know one of my fucking many training videos of me doing some muscle ups or something on the rings, and a guy that I'd been to the movement camp with, which was the the, the you know the six seven day event that Ida runs once a year in Thailand and whatnot a guy that had been in my group at that camp who is a real, a real disciple, he, he messaged me and said, um, why are you not using hashtag Edo Portal Method on your videos? Um, and I was like, and I, I, felt, I felt really awkward about it because, Calt. yeah. And I, and I wrote back to him because Edo didn't teach me how to do a muscle up. Yeah. Like I could already do that. And even if he fucking did... I don't have a responsibility to, to put his branding on every time I do something that came about as a result of his teaching. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you want to go deep enough into it, I talk about him all the time and I, I prop him, you know, like that's one of his big mantras, right, is give credit where credit is due. So mm-hmm. it's like people think that, you know, by adding the hashtag, they're, they're kind of paying this homage to, to, their, to, their, to, their, to their leader. Um, and i you know and I, whatever I, the, the conversation ended with that guy but yeah it was just funny i was like fuck there's people that are so so caught up in this thing so dog- dogmatic you know yes
2: this is the only way and that that that's it goes further than that though. like uh, there are, there's people out there that are getting messages saying cease and desist yes yeah, stop yeah yeah like legal uh, like legal, legal notifications a, a, yeah about uh, uh, specific movements that you're Demonstrating over social media. Yeah. Using the name. I remember at, at Movement Camp once, there was um, after, a,
1: after a, like the first day, everyone had done a bunch of classes and a guy that I know, I won't mention his name, but he posted on his Instagram at the camp, hey guys, here's a couple of sick moves I learned today and did these two moves. And it was like, I'm here at the, the Movement Camp with Ido Portal and like, you know, mentioning all these people. And he got contacted like immediately and it was pull that post down. And it was pull that post down because we don't want other people to see that material and that, that is that you learn that here and that's not to be shared. And it was like, holy shit, that guy just did all this marketing for you. Yeah. He's got a huge Instagram following and he was like, I learned this from these awesome people and I'm here and it's great and here it is. And they were like, no, take it down because someone's going to steal it.
2: Yeah, Mm. and
1: it's like... But you know what I mean? Even from a financial perspective, it would be better to let him leave it. You know what I mean? It was just... Yeah, just it's not, so it's not ill-guided. Bad. The whole like this protectionist kind of thing over.
3: Well, that's one of the big reasons why I came over to uh, to, to you guys. I mean, uh, there, there's so few places in the world where they're still truly focused on uh, on progress and 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 sharing knowledge and all that stuff. I mean, we were talking about uh, interdependence and you know, like uh, Stephen Covey and all that type of stuff that you can only get so much done by yourself. On your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a beautiful that's a beautiful thing. I mean, like w- w- the way you guys approach that, they maybe like, "Oh, okay, you know, awesome. And you can come to a place, and, and everybody's happy sharing knowledge and all that stuff. And it's
0: not like, oh, no, no, I patent this move, and you better do it like this." And I uh, thought the whole thing was that movement was for everyone.
1: Well, it is right. That's the that's <coughs> the paradigm. That it's for everyone, but at this price, uh, but trip, yeah, but it's fed. not. Yeah, it's unless you pay me.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's weird. It's just crazy.
1: It's really it's silly, casing. right? It's uh, yeah. It's kind of like trying to clutch onto a, a handful of water. It's like that, that's not the thing. That's not what you know. That's not what people like. That's not what your business is. Your business is not the collection of exercises you can teach. Your business is like the culture and your leadership and the energy mm, mm. and the, the cu- you know the vibe of everything you offer. It's
0: unreal in that in that. Circle. Yeah,
1: and that's what people want, right? Yeah. It's kind of like talking about Edo. That's why. When, pe- when you go to one of his workshops, you really want him to be there because yeah. he brings all that and it's amazing to be around. And if he's not there, it's like, all right, there's somebody else teaching the exercises. But really, I just wanted to meet – I just wanted to have the experience of being around him all day. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think, yeah, uh, you know, it, the experience is the thing. And I, and we talk about this in, in training and stuff. It's like we're running classes downstairs every day. It's – yeah, the programming is really important and – Exercise progression is really important, but it's also like the atmosphere and the energy that you bring to it, and the, the social interaction and the connection. All those things are like the experience is why people are coming. Yeah, and you know, and that's uh, I think that's often overlooked.
3: Well, I mean, I think uh, something like uh, authenticity is one of the most important things. I mean, you you might not have the perfect programming or or just, just everything set up perfectly, but. If your message is authentic and you're doing it with the with the 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 right mindset i think that that that's really important i think I was reading an article about it a while back. I'm not sure where it, uh, where it is but um talking about that the the outcome of training is is more times based on uh how the trainer approaches mm-hmm. it not just the sets and reps and all that type of stuff but
0: um yeah the mindset and the atmosphere you can see uh you can you can quickly you can easily identify passion. For anyone outside of in any industry, in any any hobby, any artist or singer, yep. like there's a clear difference between someone who's technically good, someone that's coming from like a soulful place or from yeah, a real place with, you, with
3: music and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you
0: just you can just see that that person's different. And um, I was watching this this follow a lot of dance choreographers and dance stuff on on my Instagram, and I was showing a few of the coaches this video that I saw. This week's awesome. A little trio of girls doing this dance. There's one girl that sticks out in the middle, and it's just she's just got that thing like coming out when you see her dance. It's just like it's way, you know what I mean? It's they're all technically sound, but she's just got that X Factor. Yeah. And I guess it just comes with like musicality and the fact that she's like she really understands like what the choreographer's trying to do with the music. But yeah, te- definitely, That's It's a beautiful thing to see.
3: Uh, like always, when I like I've always. Um been kind of hesitant with with music and all the things that were popular and hip and all that stuff. Mm. If, you, if you go back to like the old days of music and how expressive um, it was, and you can truly feel someone's emotion in that, mm. that's beautiful.
0: That's a beautiful thing. Huh? Uh, the workshop with is a good um, example of what you're saying, Joe.
1: The experience. Oh, he, yeah. He's a pretty electrifying guy, huh? Yeah. Fighting, fighting monkeys. What Paul's referring to there. Hmm.
0: Yeah, he fills the room and he's charismatic and he's a leader and, yeah. I can't imagine having someone else teach that workshop and it being remotely the same. No, that's
1: right. You couldn't. You, you wouldn't even attempt to replicate it. You would have to, like, take the lessons and then try to present it in your own thing and hope that that's going to be cool. But he's such an exceptional guy. Uh, actually, I listened to his podcast the other day with John Marsh mm. and I think they did it over Skype. Um, But even there, like, John asks him, like, a few questions and Joseph just rambles on for, like, ten minutes and he's got this great Slovakian accent and he's just... And he's a very... He's a very... Like, everything he says is very well thought out.
0: Um, Yeah, he's a fascinating dude. Do you think with the Edo thing, like, uh, maybe it's... um, it's On some level, he or or whoever it is, the, the central people's part of that movement, understand that, It can only be done properly and real with us. And then, you know, if it goes out to other people in other people's hands, it's it's not as effective or it loses its magic. How do you mean? I mean, just in the sense that if Yosef took all of his program for his workshop and someone got a hold of it and started running his workshops elsewhere, and he knows that the experience is not the same because I'm the one that makes the experience. They're just exercises without me. Yes. So that's why he's, he would be protective in this hypothetical situation over it. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah,
1: you would assume that, that, that they would have to be aware that it's not just about the movements, right? But I think from a marketing perspective, um, that, becomes a, that becomes the message because it's very hard to scale yourself. So if it's built around you, what happens when you are no longer interested in flying around the world coaching workshops? Yeah. So you have to say, it's not about me, it's about the method. And, you know, these people that, I've, that, be, that are by my side, they teach the method too. So go go learn from them and pay me, you know, or whatever. And it's And, you know, there's some truth to that. They're sharing a message, but it's like, I think it's also not... Yeah, it's all, whether it's a lie or whether they just don't recognize what it is that people are really interested in, you know. Because, I, I, yeah, I, I, all the times I've been around him and learned from him, I'm like, fuck, this is cool. And it's just, it's just being around him. I learn more from that than I do from the, the you know, the 75 exercises we covered that weekend. Yeah. You know? Um, what, about, uh, what about, like, I guess you've done a lot of stuff. You have a lot of, edu- you know, you, you obviously have a lot of theoretical education. Yeah. You've done a lot of training. Why did you come here to us um, and do this internship?
3: Well, like I said, the the the, the mindset and the the, the atmosphere is, is is really important to me. You don't just walk into a place and that right away like, what are your qualifications? What are you going to be doing? You know, like, uh, uh, what are, what are you bringing us? You know, like, and and also um, for a lot of specifically companies. Um, they don't want to invest in anybody else that's going to be a that they perceive to be a, a competitor. And with you guys, uh, it, it's a lot more, I guess, all inclusive. Um, and that was really important to me uh, that, that that people actually see you as an individual and um, see what you bring to the table and what you can offer. That it's an exchange of information uh, as opposed to just being like, "All right, uh, what are you what are you going to do for us?" You
0: know? like, yeah.
1: Clean the toilets in turn. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's movement, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> you want to learn yeah. how to run a gym, son? Yeah. 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 You know, wax on, yeah. wax off. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Keep the scabs down. Press and w- <laughs> when you when you
1: walked into the gym the gym yesterday, was it was it kind of was it what you thought it would be? <laughs> well
3: yeah, yeah, but I, I tried to not have too many uh preconceptions
1: before mm-hmm. I that's worked, disappointing
2: because joe's job is to make this place look way old. better than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> joe's a little bit smaller than he looks on instagram <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> like, is this it no 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 i
3: don't know i really like it i mean and it's um <laughs> well, i'm, I'm the head of talking. marketing just to
1: give a bit of context around <laughs> that for any inquiries dm me <laughs>
3: I was uh, t- talking about authenticity of, uh, of a little bit ago and, and you see that in, in what you guys do as well and also the, the approach in the gym, it, it, it's practical. I mean, you guys have the stuff that you need to have there. It's, it's not, there's a lot of other places that look super bright and shiny and perfect but offer <coughs> nothing in terms of uh, actual content. But here it's, uh, it's true. It's, I mean, it, 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 you guys' personality is reflected in, in the gym and everything that you have here. And that's awesome.
1: Thanks, man. Nice. That's
0: cool. Wait till so. you spend more than 24 hours with us. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's see what he says then. You'll ask in week 11. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so just going back to the patent thing, to wrap that up a little bit. Oh, I think weigh in on it too. I, yeah, I didn't get to say much on that, but i just got one thing to oh. say that I think it's a worry about patenting. Painting? Patenting? Yes. Patenting... Movement. Patenting. Patenting. You, patenting. Well, you can't, can you? Can you? Movement. Well, fuck, bro, they're patenting jeans and shit now. He's always I'm coming back to the jeans. I'm not talking about the fucking. <laughs> he loves the jeans. Stonewash kind <laughs> either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, his eyebrows raise, yeah. his eyes widen. <laughs> but I think the, the biggest issue is that if people start patenting movement, then we can't steal their shit and put it straight into our system. This is true. <laughs> this is the fucking problem, bro. <laughs> yeah, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also if you start patenting stuff like that, you, you're, you're but,
1: stopping the growth. But well, hang on, that's why we rename every exercise we steal, <laughs>
3: yes.
2: right? Because Col- then it's ours. We turned the ostrich into an emu. Yes. Wow,
1: that was a good one. We turned the <laughs> yeah. we still call it ostrich. We I think the wallaby the platypus, that, the seagull <laughs> squad, yeah. the seagull, the seagull squad. That was a good Seagulls. one. That was a good one. We <laughs> one. turned the shrimp squad into a seagull squad. <laughs> yeah, as <Yeah. Aussie laughs> fired it. Absurd, so uh, we now we got to get through the
2: whole jujitsu jump. Yeah, that's right. Great <laughs> 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 But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, works, we're so very open about that, right? Because
0: if it works, it works. It's for the people. Yeah, that's right.
1: And we've used it and. I don't mean like we said before. we the Robin before. Hood of fi- we will oh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll movement. talk about the good you people. You should be the
2: head of marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> How about We're the Robin Hood. I love that. We're the Robin Hood. Oh, no. the Robin I'm going to embrace that. Med- who's now. Robin Hood and who's the Merry Men? Yeah. Yeah. That's the for the villains, the heroes <laughs> and little villains John. theme at Christmas party. <laughs> is that the fat guy? No, he's a big I'll guy. be Dave Chappelle. Yeah, is he the fat guy? Little, little John? John's the no. That's um that's the, the priest. Depends which uh, version. Fry, fry Fry, fry tuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you fucking <laughs> losers, <laughs> man. I've forgotten all about the Robin Hood story, have it. eh? Bend, you <laughs> bend, <laughs> have you seen yeah. Men in Tights? <laughs> Dave
0: Chappelle was in that, man. <laughs> was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original Men in Tights. Men in Tights, the, the comic version. Yeah, yeah. Mm. With um, Mel Brooks in there. Molly, Who's Molly, Molly, dude. Molly. Holy shit. That was a <laughs> good... For, yeah, I remember parts really of that. What's <laughs> his name again? Hachu? Hachu, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, what were we talking? About? Was that the same <laughs> guy? Was that the same
1: guy in that that was in the Princess Bride? Was it the I've same lead one. guy? Yeah, I think.
0: Oh, I
2: love really that cheesy movie. Looking that was a good great
1: film.
0: film. Great film. I showing your age, boys. That. Showing your know. age. I don't think I've seen it. But yeah,
3: yeah, yeah no. Getting back to like the pat- <laughs> panting movement and all that stuff, um, we're still figuring that stuff out. We're still figuring out what the, what's the best way to 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 mm. train someone, and it's of course a subjective uh, f- uh, thing as well. And the more uh, um, dynamic that is the more uh, the voices you get involved in that I think the the better product you will eventually end up having as soon as you start saying this is the way then it stops it stops growing yes <laughs>
1: I think we
0: should have the Brian Adams
2: soundtrack song for our podcast over me. Oh, I like that one. You know, the Brian Adams yeah, song yeah, yeah. from the Kevin Costner <laughs> Robin he, he was a fuck uh, up. I don't boy. know the song. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got another question. Who the Sorry. fuck is Thomas Myers? Are <laughs> 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 right, yeah. these people?
1: We've got his Am book I on our. We've got his book on our shelf over, the over there.
2: there. Yeah, it's right
1: there. Anatomy trains. Is uh, okay. yeah. <clears> he
2: the little guy that jumps on the Swiss balls and? Oh, stop, Does, bro. Uh, stop. <laughs> no, Rob, please. Um, <laughs> no, Thomas
3: uh, Thomas Myers is a body a body worker. Um, he, I think, he worked with uh, Feldenkrais and. Um, I can't, uh, uh, so we're going back a bit. Yeah, yeah, was, uh, back up. and um, oh, wait. These
1: guys are still alive, though. I
2: know, I know, but right. We're not going yeah. back that far. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was in, in
3: 1997 that he released the first uh, edition of Anatomy Trains. Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, yeah, revised them
0: over the years, yeah? Yeah, yep. yeah.
3: and uh, just a different right. way of looking at anatomy. I mean, the old way of looking at anatomy is based on how we dissected people. Separate uh, parts. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, of course, nothing exists as a separate part. We mm. only exist as the mm. continuity of mm. just a human, uh, of a human body. And uh, then focus on uh, uh, force tr- uh, transmission through fascial connections uh, between muscles. Slings. Yep. Yep. And how that influences uh, uh, movement, and then, of course, the, the 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 manual techniques of how to resolve that uh, that type of stuff.
1: So it's, it, 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 his uh, his technique or his kind of approach is based around body work.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I'm, I'm having a difficult time finding the the name, but it's. Um, you got the Feldenkrais of a method, and then you also have... Um, I forgot her name, but maybe you can look at her. Katie, up.
2: what's her name? Not your, uh, Katie Bowman. <laughs> Katie Bowman. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone talks about <laughs> Katie what's Bowman. All, all yeah. the different moving things.
0: Fucking hell. What am I looking
2: at? Talking about Swiss balls.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You were referring to Nadi Aguilar before from Functional Patterns.
2: Ah, uh, oh, that's the guy, that's yeah. That's the guy, yeah. He's, he's very controversial, that He's
1: guy. super controversial. He does not believe in the deadlift.
2: He's got a lot of people. Like, he's a bit cultish as well.
1: Yeah, mm. I don't like his stuff.
2: I've never... Yeah, I don't actually, know about I, I, his <clears> marketing
1: <throat> is really contrasting and very opinionated. But then I've heard from some people that have done his courses that it's really good. Mm. It's, yeah, so everyone It's almost loves it. like he puts, he puts the fire out there, but then it's actually more mellow once you... You know what no,
2: what puts me off? And I know this is superficial and it's but he's just not jacked enough. Bit of a dweeb. Uh, yeah, he's got a little pot belly and he's kinda skinny. Uh, this that's not a bad thing, but <laughs> it's not it's not what I wanna be like striving towards in my training.
1: Well, we kinda training had that chat in the internship You'd session need a, yesterday. An, en- an engine. You know? Yeah, there's gotta be you gotta be able to walk the talk a little bit. Like you can't just need an engine. You gotta sort of yeah. look the part and be robust. You don't yeah. have to be the best, but you gotta you gotta have something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think muscle if it's used right, if you're using it right, it's 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 driving the body, yeah? Yes. You need a bit of it.
1: This is also coming from the guy that has Cook Islander and New Zealand jeans. Oh he's got that muscle. Like I've seen T starve himself yeah, I don't for want to weeks lose it. and still carry more muscle than me <laughs> when I've been like binge eating five thousand calories for a year. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Did you find that the woman's name?
3: Yeah, yeah, it, it can completely uh, th- yeah escape my mind. It was uh, Ida Rolf and Rolfing
1: ah Rolfing, yeah, okay, yeah. I've heard a lot about this yeah, so he came Rolfing.
3: From, um, yeah, so he came from that uh, uh that type of uh, of uh, body work and then uh, first uh, came up with uh, the the anatomy trains lines and then with the manual therapies associated with them
1: so yeah, is both Rolfing and anatomy trains a lot of it's based around. Fascia, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, fascia work. Yeah, yeah okay. I'd be really interested when we speak to Jared, our ART practitioner in the gym, active release techniques, yep. just to see w- where where that all lies. The because re- like, there's obviously connection there.
3: Well, I mean, if you're looking at the muscle, you're looking at fascia. Yes. Uh, people, the, the the basic shape, of course, the outside of the muscle and on the inside, it's 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 all it's all connected. So you can't just.
2: Uh, you know what else That's is connected to fascia, which I found out recently because I trained a couple of doctors, is that all of your internal organs are held in the right place through fascial lines. So if yeah. you have an operation, you can take all of that out and you just flop it all back in.
1: There's a little cavity there.
2: And it'll just go back to where it, where it needs to be.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. No, so maybe. that's how they can pull things out. Yeah. And they oh, just like kind of They
2: chuck back in and it just goes. Yeah. Fuck.
1: That's so strange, it in isn't the place. it? And if yeah. you
2: have a, like, like
3: extensive trauma or scar tissue work that that influences. Yeah, it's uh, gonna fuck you up. Yeah. yeah
2: to give people, awesome. um,
1: if you're not if you're not really sure what fascial tissue looks like, you see it when you um, usually with red meat. If you can think of like a lamb leg or a, a lamb shank or something like that. You have like the muscle tissue that you can kind of identify, but it's often segmented. Like there's like different packets of yeah. muscle and the fascia is the kind of very thin, kind of see-through-y type thing that coats each, each compartment or each segment. Um, it's kind of white and sinewy, right? Yeah. It's very thin.
3: Yeah, they, they use the analogy of, uh, of an orange. Uh, quite, uh, quite often, because you can see the compartmentalization. Uh, of, of, oh in, that's in like that. the little cell
1: with the juice inside. Yeah,
3: and then of course the the, the, the the peels, and then within that, the little cells, and right on. That's how it goes. Yeah.
1: So the the skin would be, the skin. Yep. is that what you're talking about? The skin
3: and then underneath all the different fascial, uh, yeah, values, right and on. Endomysium, perimysium, and all that type of stuff, and uh, within the muscle. What would itself? the seeds be? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tea. It'd be, be spam for sure. It He's gene. revisiting the Luke Tullock podcast and going sperm. back to the conversation about <laughs> balls. <laughs> I just want to bring up that topic about balls and talk about uh, that a bit more with so you. So how big your balls, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's
3: an important thing in band balancing, <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> <counterweight>, <laughs> you know.
1: So, man, do you have been that you've done work with Myers and the anatomy trains and stuff? Does that give you a, a level of qualification to work on bodies, to, to do manual work on
3: people? Uh, well, well, I'm registered as a, a sports massage uh, a therapist, uh, but in order to completely uh, be anatomy trained certified, I need to go through the entire ATSI uh, of a program. Right. And I'm starting the first uh, part of that this year. Very so cool. I've done anatomy training structure and function, body reading, uh, I did anatomy trains in motion uh, in Spain. And then this year, I'll be doing more of the, the Structural Essentials. The, those are the six series that go through the n- entire body. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'll have some more coffee, bro. Thank you. Shout out to Tree from Panavore hooking us up with the goods today. Oh. What are these things? The Stroopwafels. Tell us about them. Yeah. <laughs> We're eating little Dutch bickies.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was, I was at the airport, and I was like, oh, God, you know, I need to bring something along for you guys. And, uh, of course, you can't bring any herb. <laughs> so, yeah, sure, yeah, help me up. Um, so I uh, brought over some cheese, some uh, Gouda cheese, and some uh, stroop waffles.
1: Stroop waffles. <coughs> they're uh, they're like little squashed waffles covered in syrup. Yep. They're f- delicious.
0: And it's like caramel on the inside. like yeah, yeah. Like really thin layer. Pretty thin. But uh, yeah. Good Coffee's good. a little
1: bit milder today. Is that a better brew for you guys?
0: I feel way more in control than the last last like, week.
1: Paul, Paul and T started to like drift off into another kind of funny, stratosphere the funny thing was that
0: i, w- I went all introvert yeah this right? yeah. like <laughs> is <like. laughs> sort of just kind of curled up into the corner here <clears throat>
1: um what how do you find rob being in your 30s and having been a business owner and being a you know, being overseas and that kind of thing how do you find that entrepreneurial life you did a thing you made some money now you're, now you're doing another thing. Obviously, being here doing the internship is costing you, yep. right? Um, how are you managing that? You're a Bitcoin guy. Oh. What's going on? <laughs> Where do I need to put my money?
3: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the crypto scene is, 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 is crazy. Um, I do think that it's definitely going to have uh, a place in the, in the future. But what place that will be is, is up for anyone to decide. And, of course, uh, you should never invest more than, than, than what, you, what you can lose. Uh, in it. Well, thanks for telling me that now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I, well, I I sold my company and uh, the, the, the thing that made the most sense to invest in is myself. Uh, so doing seminars, I mean, if it's just even if it's just for your for the joy of, of, of learning uh, more, I mean, that's of course a really important uh, important thing. And working as an, as an entrepreneur, yeah, if you um, if you've had it a taste of that life, I think it's really hard to go back. You're you're not going to be able to work for a boss much uh, of much longer. And the people that do want to set up something for themselves generally have a, a vision of what they want to put out in the um, in the world. And um, well, I did it for 10 years together with my brother, and that was really a, a really nice experience. And then I uh, like let go. I had uh, two years to uh, kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Did some construction work on the side as well. And then uh, now, hopefully, I'm gonna come back and uh, open another place for myself.
1: Right on, that's the gym.
3: Yeah, that's the gym idea. Yeah.
1: Do you have already an idea of what the gym will look like? Like what what you'll offer there? Oh yeah, what?
3: yeah. Well, I mean, I'm mean i just copying and pasting everything <laughs> that we have here. You know?
1: It's free. Uh, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> already established that. You got that call booked with
3: the patent office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I do know exactly what I want to. Uh, for what I want to do. I mean, I want to have. Um, I've been looking at some places in uh, in the city center of The Hague, and um, of course, no no equipment, uh, lots of open space, uh, so some places to uh, to climb, and uh, of course, like I've had a lot of experience in the um, the hosp- hospitality industry, so I definitely also want to do some stuff with you know like proper food uh, in the in the gym as well, and mm-hmm. then uh, focusing on uh, mobility because people got to be able to move. And then the application. And the application is is, 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 as varied as, well, you guys know it, whether it's uh, uh, martial arts, uh, weightlifting, or uh, gymnastics. But I think it's really important to establish some sort of uh, base that everybody needs. You know, like what what, what are the essentials? What are the the, the most basic things that you need? Because oftentimes people will walk into a gym. And uh, I've, heard, I've heard this from somebody who uh, who sells gym gym memberships. Uh, ships. And they're actually being taught to ask people about what they, what they want. You know, like, oh, and, and then the, the, the answer is pretty standard. You know, some guys say I want to get a little bit bigger or I want to lose some weight. And a lot of women say, like, oh, I would like to shape up a little bit and maybe, you know, like uh, develop my buttocks and that type of stuff. And they actually write it down to create uh, an impression that something's gonna be done with it and then they throw it out after, uh, uh, afterwards. <laughs> right. It's just so the people have the idea. But a lot of people that walk into the, to the gym, sure, uh, you know, like um, developing your cardio or
2: somebody. I would never do, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T takes those, those
1: consult sheets home and reviews them. <laughs> I would never do that.
3: No, I mean, T's I,
1: our sales, <laughs> sales guy, he sells the memberships.
3: But it's a terrible thing to do as well, and I think it's also, um, we're talking about giving uh, credit where credit is due. If you walk into a gym and there's, a, uh, there's somebody there who spent a lot of time um, on their education and spent quite a couple of years you know, like training, who, uh, I, I know this sounds a little bit bad, but I mean, obviously you need to know wh- what type of motivation people have, because that's the thing that's gonna keep them in the gym eventually. But in the beginning, it's not so much about what they want to do, it's about what they need to do for a lot of people, because a lot of like the, the weight mm-hmm. loss and, and looking aesthetically nice are, are supposed to be kind of secondary things to something that it is inherently uh, worth doing, moving and just being being healthier. So it's just selling that stuff as a gimmicky thing, I think, is a terrible, uh, terrible thing to do. Because if you get something in the gym that that's has led let's say a, a little bit of a dysfunctional life just just like 9 hours working on the computer every single day which is uh, something that a lot of lot of people out there uh, out there do and then they have the idea that they want to work on their health and the first thing that they start to do is lifting a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of weights don't get me wrong i mean lifting weights is is a we would never is great do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it's important that you give people some sort of um you're working on self-empowerment. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of personal trainers talk about, you know, they're, they're, they're super stoked on saying, like, oh, I've been training the same person for 10 years. I'm like, what the, what the fuck are you doing with with, <laughs> uh, with them? You know, you, you think eventually, uh, ideally, at least in, 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 my, uh, in, in my opinion, you want to be empowering people. You want to be giving them the tools so they can take care of themse- uh, themselves in the long run. Huh?
2: But yes. what, what about... I understand what you're saying and I agree. Yeah. But... You also have to take into consideration that person needs to come back to the gym. So let's say I come to you, I tell you I want to tone up, want to lose weight. You give me a bunch of mobility exercises. Yeah. <coughs> Two months down track, sure I can touch my toes. Great. Yep. But my butt still looks the same, and I'd be like, well, fuck, I came to this guy, hasn't uh, give me what he wants. No,
3: that's that, that's that's very true. Well, I mean, well, I well, mean, you do need to be um, to meet people um, halfway. But if you would. Um, I think as, as, a, as a trainer or as any, uh, any human being, it's, it's really important that you hold on to what's important to you, because if you allow that to change with every person that you're training, you're just doing a bunch of random, uh, random things. But it's, it's, it's true, you do, new, you do meet, need to meet them halfway, so you give them something that, uh,
2: that they um, are happy with as well. Yeah, you gotta give them a little bit. Yeah. Gotta get them coming yeah. back. And this is, this is the, um, the age-old conundrum like using that word, I have no idea what it means. I'm like using it. Explain yourself. Kind of like a dilemma. Well, yeah, you know, and it's it, it, and it's the same. It's the same problem with every gym gym own owner, and I think it's also a problem with the industry in itself, is that it's bending over to the the will of of the client. Uh, it's it's okay. I come in, I want aesthetic changes, and I want them fucking yesterday, and so you're like, well, shit, I need the business, so I'm going to do it, but. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily healthy for that person. Yeah. So mm. how do you find the happy medium? How do you keep them engaged? How do you give them that aesthetic change, but then also give them everything that they need? So give them a little bit of their wants, but give them what they need. They need better quality movement patterns. They need better quality sleep. They need better quality lifestyle. All the other good things, they need to get stronger. Yeah. Then to kick the shit out, uh, uh, out of the zombies to get out of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> You know they need that, but they don't necessarily know they need that. And over time, you can indoctrinate that a little bit. Yeah. And then you've got your own cult.
1: And you may be able to get it to where (laughs) you want it to, or you may... That's the thing. It's a constant negotiation in your own mind about, well, I'm doing my best to give them what they need, but I'm also keeping them engaged and giving them a bit of what they want. And maybe they're not as far along as I'd like them to be. And maybe they've been training with me longer than they should have been, but hey, if I wasn't doing this, they'd be at Anytime Fitness or some 24-hour gym, yeah. doing a stup- you know, doing a class or just doing something that's really not good. Yeah. We had this chat the other day in the car, right? Like yeah. talking about um, boot camps. When I see a boot camp, and I was making the point that um, I see the I see the 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 idea that it, if someone's doing a kind of training that I think is not suitable for them, that there's still some benefit in that, and it 's like well, it 's good that they 're doing something, yeah, but when I see like a really poorly run boot camp with you know a bunch of people lined up, no one 's squatting well, and then they 're doing like a hundred reps, and then they're jumping on ropes and slamming them and running around the park and i think I think it'd be better if you guys just stayed in bed uh, like i you know my gut tells me that, which might be a little bit cynical of me, yeah but it it is that like you have those. I guess it, we all, as a
2: coach, everyone
1: has their own kind of borders of what's acceptable, right?
2: I, think I don't agree with you on the training for 10 years with a coach. No. And I'm not saying that because I don't... I, I've, I have clients that train for 10 years, but you have, to, you have to understand that there's very different scenarios that take place and you can get somebody doing it, it on, on a roll of doing their own thing yeah. in six months' time. You know, over six months, you put them on the right programming, you sort out their imbalances, you get uh, their, f- their foundations nice and strong, and then you put them onto GMB. Yeah, yeah, no. Or <laughs> you build a relationship with someone and that person becomes uh, like, a f- like a friend to yeah. you and then they get uh, a lot more of the psychological growth comes from it and if you're a good coach and you're growing, yeah. your training systems are getting better, then that person's going to want to hang out. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with that hundred uh, to get uh, 100%. to get better and
3: better themselves. It's a, it's, it's also a lack of uh, a proper explanation on uh, on my part. I mean, it, it's just um, that a lot of the gyms that you walk into, the people there aren't really training people, but they're more like a uh, drill sergeant. <coughs> they're <coughs> just <occupying> there, them, <laughs> flogging them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just there to make sure that they do the ten uh, repetitions, and that I think is 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 lacking because you do need to motivate Counting someone. Reps. Yeah, to to be able to do that, you know, by themselves as uh, as well, and that, that it's not just. I get the idea that some personal trainers out there are kind of scared to make their clients independent because then they would be putting pushing themselves out of uh, or putting themselves out of work.
2: And yeah, that's a ne- that would be a negative uh, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I. Mean. But I
3: think you're,
1: you're, you're, the idea there of what you're saying is probably what drives a coach to get the best for that individual and I would think that, you know, T, like you would, you know, even though it's not about moving them on, you still hold on to that. Like I want to give this person as much as I can mm. and like empower they, them. They're with you. Yeah. They and and, and, and some people just never want to f- go on that journey by themselves. Mm. So they're always going to train with you. And it's like, well, cool. If that's what you want to do and I'm happy to spend my time with you and, we, and you pay and all those things, it's like, mm. cool, let's do it. And we have a great relationship. But I do think that that, that mentality of like, hey, I'm not – I don't want to go into this relationship so that you become interdependent on me yeah, you yeah. become dependent on me yeah. you know I want to empower this individual I think
2: yeah I think that's really good well, we have that approach with every member that comes into this gym and it's something that I, that I talk to them about is that one day you're going to leave and when you do we're not going to cancel you'll, your membership. We'll uh, <laughs> pay a huge Shits cancellation fee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the price only goes up when you're seven when months notice. I'll right. be calling you every two weeks yeah. to see if you want to resign. Yeah, uh, no, but I I I let them know that it's it's our duty to make sure that when you leave you 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 know exactly what you need to do to get change out of the body that you want and you're on the right path, you know? And you can do that in the lounge room. Mm. You don't need fancy equipment or machines or any of that kind of stuff. It's an education process because the price is always an issue here. I love that. Mm. Our gym's not cheap and we don't mm. spend it on fancy equipment. You walk in here, there's fucking nothing in it. <laughs> I mean, and all the stuff we've got, we've found the junk out. You know, it's all secondhand and stuff like that. Yeah, sir. It's a bit, it's a bit worn. We cleaned well, it. But we still... Yeah. Want don't make any money, so that's going somewhere. And whether it goes on education, goes on coaches, it goes on coach development, and then in turn on, on member development. Yeah, that's true, that's true content.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was uh, having a conversation with that. Uh, we had a walk-in yesterday uh, inquiring about calisthenics and stuff. Calisthenics and stuff. and uh, I said the same thing. It's so true. And I, and I said, oh, look, any, anyone that has left here... And when I sat there, I was just thinking quickly of the names of people who moved or yeah, moved away or whatever for whatever reason left. I just think you're, you're armed with so much knowledge. Like since you walk in, mm. when you walk out, I mean the whole class process. Like I so said, you'll go into six or seven programs and in every class, like because you just started, you're going to learn probably six things in each one. And then every week and then every phase, you'll be learning so much. By the time you leave, you'll know how to as T said, yeah. you'll... Yeah, you'll
1: yeah you become self-sufficient. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and your friends start to look to you because you're doing stuff and you understand why and all this sort That's of thing. That's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, I, yeah.
3: I don't want to get into like the, the, the philosophical part of it. Already. Get into it, bro.
0: Go, do it. No, but
3: but, but you, you want to... Everybody's looking for uh, a sense of purpose in the, in the world, right? I mean, I mean, what's better than empowering people and giving them the knowledge that they can help themselves and that they can help people around them? I mean, mm. that's, a, uh, that's, that's a, beautiful, a beautiful thing to be able to give uh, mm. to, uh, to people. Huh? I
1: had a really, really funny kind of cool moment in, uh, in a lift class on Wednesday night. It was a pretty busy class, and I'm coaching a bunch of people, and we we're working on some, uh, some cleans. And it's quite a technical lift, right? So we're breaking it down. We're doing a bunch of technical drills around it. And uh, we've in our body weight class, we have a lot of partner-based work. And the, the role is very clearly defined as the partner who's not working, it's their job to keep the working partner accountable. So they're cueing them. And we show them how to cue them. They cue them with, with, by saying things, but there's also tactile cues. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of interaction that goes both ways. And it's really good because when that, that partner spends the set helping another person do a better quality uh, work set uh they le- they in turn learn the technique better themselves because they're coaching it right uh under our guidance of course mm-hmm. and so anyway i had this guy i can't remember who it was but he's been he's been coming to bodyweight class a lot and he was in his first lift class and i had him doing these clean techniques and people were partnered up and he called me over and he's like matt can i can you can you just give me a hand and he said um he was and he pointed at his partner who was doing some cleans and they looked pretty good that person had been coming pretty regularly and he said i just i just don't feel comfortable enough with the movement to tell him what he needs to do and <laughs> i was like man like it's your first class don't <laughs> fucking tell them anything right? but i was like it's so cool that you like it's so cool that you were looking for an opportunity to give them feedback um, and i and i realized he just learned that in the bodyweight class that he came into that class thinking it's my job to help my training partner uh, which I was like, fuck, that's, that's awesome. That's so, that's kind of empowering for yeah. an individual,
2: right? Get warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> but It also <laughs> makes you critique a little more. Uh, oh, I think it's really important it. to, for when people do leave the gym to not only know how, how to move but how to sift through all the bullshit out there mm-hmm. and recognise what movement patterns are good for them and which ones aren't because there's a whole bunch of shit floating around on the internet. And it looks fantastic if you don't know shit about moving. Mm. But if you do, then you can look at something and go, okay, that guy's or girl is really strong for now, but what she's doing is detrimental to her health uh long term. And I think if people have the ability to recognise that, this is also very important, yeah. you know, safety issue.
3: Yeah, also I mean you, you can also see um like true mastery in somebody explaining something and being able to, s- to explain something that's quite complicated in a very easy way, because y- you don't need to make things sound mm-hmm. prettier than they have, uh, than they are.
1: But it's also true economy
3: you, of words. With you guys, uh, um, the 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 class structure and the the tribe, as you guys uh, call it here. Is also really important. I mean, uh, you're not just going to be doing personal training with with someone. The the classes are an integral uh, integral part mm. uh, of, of it. And in a lot of other gyms, they don't care about that. As long as you come in there, do the personal training, and pay your membership fee, they don't give a shit what you're doing uh, the other part of the time. But I think it's 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 really important that there's focus on that as well, because that. Uh, feeling of responsibility over, over your training partners and all that stuff, that's, that's a, a nice thing to have. That, that creates a much nicer atmosphere than a lot of random gyms where everybody's kind of just waiting to kick each other off the squat stand. You know?
1: Totally, yeah, that social
2: interaction is huge, right? Isn't it strange that in a gym like your standard fitness first or your standard kind of anytime fitness, that there's only ever like one or two squat racks? <laughs> And there's always squat rack wars, like people waiting to squat rack. It's a
1: funny kind of feature of that gym environment, isn't it? It's weird. And then there's people that do like arm curls and stuff in In the the squat squat rack, rack. and you're like, bro, get the fuck out of (laughs) the squat rack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> and you see, gyms changing a little bit more. You see more squat racks and all that stuff. Yeah, you they're coming the around. around. <laughs> you see the buying bumper plates and all that stuff, and it's yeah. it's really interesting. I was watching somebody bench press with the the bumper plates and then deadlift with the with the solid plates. Sick. next to it. i yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys, doing it because man? I can. Yeah. I pay my fees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Destroy this floor. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, um, gents, we're go- we're going to wrap it up there. We've just hit an hour. Cool. Um, I uh, I want to thank you, Rob, for coming to speak to us, jet-lagged and letting us <laughs> pick, you pick, your, pick your life apart a little bit. Cool. Um, we look forward to having you around for the next few months.
2: I've got a question for you, Joe. Come at me. You, you're wearing uh, your gi
1: through the podcast, just wondering. Uh, I'm a brown belt. I wear my gi everywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell
1: us a little bit more about <laughs> your gi? I, uh, I am. I'm wearing just the gi jacket and my tracksuit pants and a T-shirt underneath. <laughs> I'm wearing it because we, we recently received all of our gi stock. And I've had the very first Jungle Brothers Jiu-Jitsu patches sewn onto this gi. So I have a a nice lapel patch here and then a big patch on the back. And these are going to be the uniform for
3: our Jiu-Jitsu team. And you're a uniform just just straight for life, right? That's it. That's (laughs) me now
1: for good. Um, And so I'm just kind of testing it out and and wearing it around today. And I want to show it off a little bit. Um, Next week, all of our members who are in the Jiu-Jitsu program are going to get their gis with patches. And... um, Yeah, in a couple months, we're going to have our mezzanine and we're going to be running our gi classes like a lot.
2: Every day. Yeah, we're
1: going to grow that team. So um, yeah, that's why I'm wearing the gi.
2: So when do we get our first like people going up in belt? Because I want my blue belt.
1: (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. (laughs) You know, the very first person to teach me a jiu-jitsu technique before I learned jiu-jitsu... Was (laughs) (laughs) Was T.R. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the father. The, it was the rear naked choke. Because oh, he taught me that. Oh, Nelson he likes the father Nelson. Dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was the one he taught me on set. Yeah. Back in the I'll have to show Rob Father Nelson. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, probably yeah. never yeah. seen oh, it. It's, it's record. called Father Nelson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to go everyone. up and down.
3: If you want to go up and belt, then that's interesting because yeah. I want to <laughs> go, I want to go down. You want to hand in, in your belt. blue belt. Yeah, I want to hand it
1: back, yeah. Mate, look, Dave's the guy to talk to about the belt promotions. Uh, yeah, but I haven't actually Here's gone my to any first classes. tip as a, as a higher ranked student than you uh-huh. you don't ask about belts, mate.
2: Oh. Because
1: when you ask, it just resets you back like another oh. two years. Oh. Well, that's
2: yeah. what's been happening this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were just about <laughs> to get <laughs> it, to it and then you're like, hey, when am I getting that new belt? And they're like,
1: fuck, put it back in the cupboard, man. Another 24 He's not months not ready. For this kid, mentally up. up. Oh,
2: for <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm going to have to start turning up to class, but since we're running them every day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have time to be able to do that. Well, I
1: would say, yeah, if you're in there two, three times a week, Coach Dave's going to notice. Dave and I might have a conversation. I, you know, obviously, yes. your skills are going to progress at a rapid rate and with the, uh, the level of technicality that's offered by the Jungle Brothers Jiu-Jitsu program. And, of course, yes. combined with the bulletproofing of the body in our warm-ups <laughs> and cool-downs, mm. um, there's, there's going to be a, the perfect environment for you to get your blue belt, oh, be son. a fucking <clears throat>
2: weapon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you watch yeah. out. I'm coming for you, <laughs> brown belt. <laughs> See me over here? I'll, I'll this is me not you, holding my breath. I'll take both of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, have you in the fucking foot half Nelson and you in the father Nelson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That will be the next Instagram <laughs> should shot. should do an instructional <laughs> for that one. <laughs> T's first instructional <laughs> yeah. on our Instagram. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for tuning in today, guys. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in touch with us, get us at junglebrothers.com. Uh, find us on Instagram at junglebrothersmovement. Uh, if you're interested in the internship and you want some info, hit us up. You can do it through our website uh, or you can send an email directly to me. That's joey, J-O-E-Y, at junglebrothers.com. Uh, we'll be running our next one from early next year. Uh, Paulie, any closing <coughs> words? If you're a
0: listener from Europe or from Thailand or otherwise, or you just want to get in contact with Rob here, um, how can they find you? You're on Instagram, yeah?
3: Oh, yeah. They can find me on Instagram as uh,
0: move to evolve move to move evolve, to evolve. Mm-hmm. Oh. Very nice, oh, okay. bro. Get on there, try and contact him because sooner or later, he's going to have a hot training spot over in Holland. In I'll have to visit that. Yeah. You
3: guys are welcome. Yeah. Den Haag. Mm.
0: Sick. <laughs> Yeah, we'd love to
3: be there. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks. homie. Thanks.
1: See ya. Cheers, boys. Bye. Bye.